0: It is great to see you. I want to start by saying my preach clock says I have 655 minutes to preach. So buckle in, baby! Or y'all might want to fix that and help me out, okay? (laughs) Because what I just said made some of y'all anxious (laughs) And and fearful and... That that that's what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about. Sorry. Just answer and tell them you're at church, okay? Had a radio it was Caleb. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm actually going to start now. Um, what makes you anxious? Being called out in the middle of church, Terry doesn't make Terry anxious, I can promise you that, she's good, so, but, but there's things that make us anxious, um, and, and we're going to talk about that today, what, what brings anxiety into my life, what, what makes me worry, what do I struggle with, and, and, and you just shared some of those things, so, so I, I actually want to know, Gina, do you mind, is there anything that you would say can make you worry or anxious? Riding with other, riding shotgun. Especially, my children. Especially your children. I get that, Jackie Lee. What makes you nervous? School. School makes me nervous. Somebody else. Finances. Work. Children. I'm gonna write kids. I'm gonna help the kids out. My parents. Because they're afraid to say it. Health. The Gamecocks. <laughs> oh, can I? Can I just? We we can say the the Gamecocks, Clemson, but not Coastal. No, but I get it, right? Like like those are things that 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 we talk about family. Working with my dad. Working with your dad. (laughs) Keeping my job. (laughs) Somebody said this one earlier in the first service that I think is critical. They said, my sobriety. That their addiction makes them anxious, and walking out of their sobriety and, and messing that up makes them anxious, and there's some fear there, that, that there's a lot, and I, I'm going to stop for now, because there's so much that, that we could hit there, and, and we've probably hit a couple that maybe you mentioned, but, but not all of them, and, and reality is that there's things that wreck us, things that make us nervous. Um. And it's a weight that we carry. Um, I, I need to illustrate this a little bit better. Um, so I'm going to pick somebody out of the crowd to come up on stage, and you don't know that I'm going to pick you, which is making some of you nervous. And Laney, I don't know if this will make you nervous or not, but if you would come up here, please. Um, this is Lainey. Everybody give it up for Laney right now. Lainey, if you could just stand right there for a second. I will tell you right now that Lainey really confused me the first time I met her because her twin sister is Marissa, who sings. And Marissa was singing, and the song got done, and I stepped on stage and stared at Marissa, and I was like, how? Like, because I didn't know Marissa had a twin sister, but now I do, and obviously, but Lainey, can you add one thing to the, to the wrecking ball that you'd say makes you nervous or anxious or, or at least you know it makes others? Anything you could add? Rent. Rent. Yes. Rent. You can also put adulting. Adulting. I get it. And, and it can be a weight that you have to carry. And if you think about it, if for a second you're okay, but if you were to carry that all day, arms are going to get tired. It's a weight that's going to wear you out. Um, it's a weight that might wreck you. Carrying it is one thing, seeing it swing at you is a whole nother, right? So would you carry that with me this way? Watch your step right there. And if you'd come and stand about right here, just just keep holding that. And let's, let's ask Clay to help us for a second. Um, you got to come a little closer. Okay, now you got to back up. You got to get that to your nose level. And tell us that you're not perfect. Now, does this make you anxious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. the cameras are on you, everything. And here's the reality. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to drop it because you need to let go of the worry. Yeah. You got to let go of the anxiety. Uh-huh. But it's going to go out that way. Uh-huh. And it's uh-huh. going to come back yeah. right at your nose. Yeah. Are you okay dropping it? Uh-huh. Are you afraid about how it's going to come back? Yep. Here, let's, let's get that nose. There you go. Right here. One, two, three. Now you're, oh, now, now, I think you actually took a step four. Oh! Now I know that can make you nervous, right? Because it's how life works that things, one, two, three. That worry and anxiety comes back. <laughs> now, see, I get the bird's eye view of her eyeballs. Lainey, that's good. You can use those steps right there if you want. In reality, I I think this is what most of us deal with. We carry around a weight of worry and anxiety, and this worry and anxiety can come from different ways. Remember the three buckets? We talked about them last week. It's critical we think about these three buckets. That your worry and anxiety might be biological. You might have some medical things going on in your body, some some uh, chemical imbalance, something happening there that caused it to flare up. You might have a circumstance that happens in your life that brings some worry or anxiety. There might be a, a spiritual thing going on, uh, that there's a spiritual attack, or, or, or maybe that you're just not walking with the Lord the way you need to. But but, but one of three ways brings worry into our life, and it's heavy, and it's a weight that we carry, but, but not just a weight that we carry. It's also a wrecking ball that swings at us. It's a wrecking ball that, that, that is constantly feels like it's coming at us trying to wreck our lives, and here's the interesting thing about what we just illustrated there. As long as Laney released it, The wrecking ball had zero ability to hit her. The law of physics says that it can't. The only way that that worry and anxiety truly could have hit her is if she put force into it. And if she released it by pushing it and forcing it, then yes, it could have momentum to get to her. But if she just released it The power of God in the way he designed nature says, it can't attack her. It's the same when we walk it out in life that we either give power to worry and anxiety or we rely on the power of God to stop it. Amen. Amen. And my encouragement today is to rely on the power of God when that worry and anxiety hits. And there'll be times that you do real well with it, and there'll be times that you don't. Elijah, a guy we talked about last week, is a perfect illustration of this. You see, Elijah was on Mount Carmel. He had this massive victory. I'll tell you the story in a second. And in this massive victory, he believed God could, and he believed God would help him. But when he came down off the mountain, he'd been pursuing the Lord. All of a sudden, he heard one lady say one thing, and it ruined him. One person. And I believe that happens in our life often. We'll be having a great day. Uh, that, that we'll be, Things will be going well at work, with our family, with our finance, whatever it might be. And then one thing happens. A bill comes that you weren't expecting. A call from your boss that you didn't know about. Uh, the, a doctor sends a note that, that somebody says something at work or at school about you. Everything's great. And one thing will grip you with worry and anxiety because of one thing that is said or one thing that happens. And that was Elijah. Elijah. Mountaintop experience. Man, I'm good with God. Everything's good. He'll step into my circumstance and help me to the world is caving in. To the point that he said in chapter 19, verse 3, that they want to kill me. Worry and fear gripped him because he was afraid for his life. In verse 10, he said to God, he said, God, everybody's trying to kill me. Worry, fear, anxiety was gripping him. One time in the valley and one time in the mountain. One time in the valley, he was unsuccessful with his worry and anxiety. One time on the mountain, he looked worry and anxiety in the face and said, God's got this. How do we stay there? Even when we walk through the valley, how do we remember the mountain? Well, let me explain the mountain a little bit more. Because on the mountain, like I said, that's where where Elijah believed God could and God would. He believed God could help him and that God would help him. The story goes like this, and it's 1 Kings chapter 18, and I'm just going to tell it to you. It's a long story, but I definitely encourage you, uh, open up God's word, read it for yourself, follow along as I tell you. But it's 1 Kings chapter 18. It says uh, that Elijah was tired of what was going on, that there was these false prophets of Baal who were claiming that their God was God and Elijah believed that the Lord was God. So Elijah sent message to King Ahab and said, I want you to gather on the mountain, get all of your false prophets of Baal to the mountain, get all of your false prophets of Asherah to the mountain and let's decide who is God. So 850 false prophets, all right, 850 prophets who worshiped a false god, which literally means they worshiped a demon, okay? I don't have time theologically to go all into that, but a worship of a false god is actually the worship of a demon. So they're worshiping a demon, and they're calling this demon Baal and Asherah, and Elijah stands in front of them and says, all right, today's the day. We're going to decide everybody's anxious, everybody's worried, who is God? I'm gonna explain it today. We're gonna decide it today that you offer a sacrifice to your God and if he answers with fire, which they believed that Baal was the God of fire, if your God answers with fire, then he is God. You cry out to him, you pray to him. If he answers with his fire, he is God. And then I will call out to my God, the Lord, And if he answers with fire, then he is God. Let's settle it. And all those prophets, 850 of them said, sounds like a good deal, let's do it. And Elijah said, you go first. So these false prophets built an altar, put a bull on it, and then they started praying to their God. But their God, Baal, Asherah, never answered. About noon, Elijah decides to speak up, and I love what he says. It's recorded in 1 Kings 18, Verse 27, he says this about noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You'll have to shout louder, he scoffed, for surely he is a God. Uh, Perhaps he is daydreaming or he's relieving himself. Like, literally, Elijah said, Hey, I think your God's on the throne. I love the Bible. Or maybe he's away on a trip, or he's asleep, or needs to be awakened. And he's basically saying, listen, y'all are praying, but your God's not answering, so maybe you need to pray a little louder. So sure enough, they started shouting louder, and they started literally cutting themselves as an act of worship to their false God, and they danced around the altar for another three hours, but nobody ever responded. And then finally, at about three o'clock, It's called the time of the evening sacrifice. Elijah says, enough. You've had your turn. It's now my turn. And he went and he built an altar out of 12 stones to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. He put some wood um, on the altar. Then he put a bull on the altar. Then he dug a trench around the altar. And he said, go and, and get buckets of water and pour them over the altar. And they did that. And he said, no, don't do it. Just do it once. Do it again. And they did it again. He said, no, no, not, that's not enough yet. Do it one more time till it fills the trench full of water. Now, there's a lot that that reasons why he's doing that right there. One is because that he's trying to prove how, how good and how big God is, that he can ignite a altar that is drenched in water. Now, I don't know a whole lot about camping. I don't know a whole lot about building bonfires, but I know this much. Wet wood usually doesn't ignite. So Elijah is trying to prove something here, but not just that. It's also a sacrifice because they're in a time of drought. For seven years, it hasn't rained. So water is a very expensive resource at that moment. So he's trying to prove, like, I, 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 want to, I want to prove to you who my God is, but I also want to make a sacrificial offering to him right now. And once that was all done, then Elijah stepped back, and he said a simple prayer. Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, Prove yourself today. And immediately, fire came out of heaven, ignited the altar, licked up all the water, and everybody in it that was there fell on their face and said, Oh, your God is God. The God of Elijah is God, that he is God. It's an incredible story. You might hear that and go, Okay, Josh, that's great. What's that have to do with my worry and anxiety? Because I want you to remember Elijah's position. He was in the middle of a battle, a circumstance, with 850 people against him. It would have been a circumstance where it had been real easy to be anxious, real easy to be worried, but he was not. He attacked it, okay? There was another time that he was in the valley that, that, that he did not do so well. Another time is in the valley, he's like, man, I'm not okay. I got worry and anxiety all around me. What was the difference? I would say this, that when he was in the valley, he forgot the power of God. But on the mountain, he knew that if he released everything to the power of God, God could take care of it. How do we go from a position on the mountain where Elijah said, I believe he could, he's got the power, and I believe he would? How do we go from there to when we're in the valley going, I still believe God can and God will? And I believe that you can walk through the valley of anxiety and worry saying, I believe God can and I believe God will by putting into practice the things that Elijah did when he was on the mountain. And there's three things that he did that he was on the mountain that you'll see inside of the story that if we'll put these into play, they will help us when we're in the valley. And the first thing is this, all right? This is where it's gonna get real practical, okay? So if you're a note-taker, if you're like, all right, I need help with my worry and my anxiety, here's where it is. Here's the first one. You gotta pause. Sometimes you just have to pause. When when anxiety is hitting you, sometimes you just need to pause. When 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 your finances are struggling, pause. When, when, when your parents are, are, are struggling, pause. When the marriage is hurting, pause. When, when, you, when your kids are just maybe running a different direction, pause. When, when these things are happening in our life, the first thing I want to encourage you to do is pause. Because what many of us do, the minute worry and anxiety hits us, it's like, oh, I got to do something. I got I to figure this out. I, 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 and, and it just runs and runs and runs and runs in our brain. And maybe the first thing we ought to do is what Elijah did, and he paused. See, go back to the story. He said, let's decide today who's going to be God. You go first. I'm going to step back and pause. You run in all of your frantics. I'm going to pause, and I'm going to breathe. Let's just talk about that medically for a second. When a panic attack hits, I'm not a doctor, but I know this much. One of the first things he'll tell you is you got to control your breathing. You gotta pause. I gotta start breathing. I gotta calm my mind. And then I gotta remember I don't need to give the anxiety and the worry momentum. I need to release it to God. That happens in the pause. And then once you're done pausing, then punch. Then stand up and punch. And I was trying to think of a softer word or something to use there, and no, punch is the right word. Because when you punch, what you're saying is, I'm fighting. Like I'm stepping up to the battle, and I'm gonna punch right now. Because there's a war going on in my life, and I'm gonna punch the enemy in the face. And who's the enemy? It's Satan. What's the enemy? The darkness. What's the enemy? Anxiety. Enemy is never people. The enemy is Satan and the things that he tries to wreck into our lives. So what we've got to do is stand up and punch the enemy in the mouth. And that's what Elijah did. Elijah said, it's time to decide. No more, no more hobbling between your God and my God. No more going, well, maybe he's God and maybe he's not. Let's decide, let's, let's just battle it out right now. And Elijah stood up and he punched the enemy, the false gods, in the mouth. See, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And worry and anxiety still. Kill and destroy So they're straight from the enemy So let's punch the enemy In the mouth by Worshipping the Lord How how do I punch In the midst of worry how do I punch In the midst of anxiety well again Go to the story Praise and prayer That when we praise and when we Pray that that's how we punch That that Elijah's like I'm gonna punch you I'm gonna start Punching back And the way he did it first was praise. Remember, it was 3 o'clock time for the evening sacrifice. So Elijah said, I'm going at the time of sacrifice that I normally go to when I'm going to worship the Lord. So at 3 o'clock, I'm going to worship the Lord. That's one reason we gather together is we say, I got to praise. Praise. That, that he praised by, by worshiping that way. He praised by offering the sacrifice. He praised by putting the water on it, saying, God, I'm trusting you with this sacrificial offering. I've got to praise. So I want to encourage you, just as Holt did earlier, in the midst of the anxiety, in the midst of the worry, start praising the Lord. And I know it's hard. I know it's so difficult in the middle of that anxiety attack to go, well, I just want to praise. I know. But it's the way through the darkness. It's the way to punch through it. So whether that's sitting in your car, whether that's sitting on your front porch, at your house, in your closet, wherever, turn the radio up loud and sing louder. Right? Turn the radio up, put some worship music on, and sing louder louder, and just simply worship the Lord, and then pray. I punch by praising and by praying. That Elijah, he said a simple prayer, but there's a lot of power in it. He said, may the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob prove yourself. God, I need you to prove yourself right now. God, with this wrecking ball coming at my face, I need you to prove your power right now. As this worry is gripping me, prove yourself. As this anxiety has a stranglehold on me, prove yourself. And, prove, and when you're saying prove yourself, ask him to prove himself in the things that you're dealing with. I love the way Paul said it. It's Philippians chapter four, it's verse six and seven. It says, don't worry about Anything. Instead, pray about everything. And and how do I do that? Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Like that's the secret of the prayer right there. The first one is, I just got to tell God what I need. God, I need, I need some finances. I, I need some money. I need to be able to pay for rent, that, that I need help on this school project, that, that, that there's a relationship issue at work, God, that, that I need you like, just ask him, say, God, prove yourself in those situations. Show up because I'm in need. Yet at the same time, I'm asking, we also have to thank. And again, That's hard. In the midst of crisis, in the midst of worry, in the midst of anxiety, God, I want to thank you for the bad financial situation I'm in right now. That's hard. God, I want to thank you for the relational struggle that's going on. God, I want to thank you for the difficulty that that my kids are having right now. That's hard. You go, why would I do that? Because when I say, God, I want to thank you for the difficulty that, that they're walking through, and I'm going to trust that you're going to pull them through it. God, I'm going to thank you for my marriage, and trust that through your power, you're going to heal it. See, the more that we thank God, the more that we punch our way through that worry and that anxiety, and we release it. And I want you to see one other thing about prayers. It says this. Then, so if I pray and, and, and ask God for everything I need and give Him thanks for everything that He's given me, then you'll experience God's peace. Which I know is something that we all want, which exceeds anything we can understand. And then look at this last part His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live for Jesus. Like, like, I want you to see that word guard and hearts and mind, that, that, that this, is, this is what I've been told. I'm no medical doctor, so I got to be real careful with this one. But, but as I talk with people about worry and anxiety, worry primarily attacks us here. Anxiety primarily attacks us Here. Worry. I worry. I think. I think. I think about these things going on. Anxiety. I feel. I feel. I feel. Well, how do I protect my mind? How do I protect my heart? I pray because then the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. The peace of God, it'll guard it. It'll take care of it. I love the way, all right, get ready for this. I love the way the Spanish says this in this word right here that I cannot pronounce. Yet, what that word is saying is it cares for. That the Spanish translation is saying that, that he will care for you like a father, like a mother. He'll care for your heart. He'll care for your mind. So we have to pause And then we have to punch. And then lastly, we pursue. See, Elijah, when he was in the valley, had quit pursuing the Lord. He let the worry and the anxiety grip him rather than continuing to pursue. Because up on the mountain, he was pursuing. As he was leaving the mountain, he was pursuing. But when he got in the valley, he stopped. See, the valley's going to come. The valley might be here right now in your life. If it's not here today, it's going to come. When that worry, when that anxiety hits. And I got to keep pursuing. I love how Jesus said it in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need and he's saying seek me pursue me walk with me that's how you need to live and i and i want you to see this verse inside the context of his sermon the couple of verses before that he said this that is why i tell you not to worry about everyday life he says don't worry about everyday life Your family, your finances, your fitness, your fashion. All those things are right there in Matthew chapter 6, starting about verse 21. It's all the things that we put on the wrecking ball. Don't let these things wreck you and be thinking about tomorrow, and I got to worry about that. Jesus actually says it this way. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for Today. So don't give worry and anxiety momentum in your life by thinking about it tomorrow and the next day and the following. Just deal with today and release the worry of today by pausing, by punching, and pursuing him. And I want us to spend some time doing that today. See, those are some practical steps that every day I can put into practice. Every day when I'm dealing with a crisis, all of a sudden something happens at work. All of a sudden somebody says something. I can just go, remember the mountain that Elijah was on? God can and God will do the same today in my life. So I'm going to pause. I'm going to punch. Punch through praise and through prayer, and I'm going to pursue him. And for some of us right now, you just need to pause. You just need to sit, and you need to believe that he is God. You need to quit wavering, and you need to believe he is God. Be still and know that he is God. Some of you need to punch today You need to start punching. You need to say, I'm done with it. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight. And I'm going to punch my way through the darkness by praising him. And so for some of you, you're just going to throw your hands up and you're going to be like, I just need to praise. Others of you, you're going to say that, man, it's time for me to pray. And and I'm going to come up and take communion and just spend some time praying with him thanking Him for what He's done and dying on the cross and saving my life and thanking Him for the way that He's going to bring me through this. And Some of us need to pursue. And we need to make a decision today to pursue Him. Let's go ahead and stand up and let me just explain that pursue one little bit. Here's what that means for some of you. It means to pursue Him like you never have before. Because if you would be honest... You've been carrying around the weight of your sin, spiritual anxiety, spiritual worry, and you can drop it today. You can give it to Jesus. Some of you have been carrying around the, the weight of your worries, and it's been swinging at you. Today, you can give it up, and you can release it to Jesus and just pursue him. Others of you know him as your Savior, but you just haven't been pursuing the way you need to, and today it's time to start pursuing Because you know that no matter what, even in the fact that you go, I'm not okay today, you can say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. If I pursue him, it's going to be okay. If I punch through the darkness, it's going to be okay. So today, let's say it. It is well. The song we're singing right now is a song that was written off of a story that happened in a guy's life that he sent his family to England, this is a couple hundred years ago sent his family to England on a boat for vacation and he was going to follow behind and while they were journeying, his wife and his four daughters were in an accident the boat went down, I want you to hear this even as Holt sings or Marissa sings or whoever's singing (laughs) um That, that the boat went down. Four daughters died. His wife was the only one who survived. So then he hurried on his way to England. And as he was passing and over the place the where under. the wreck had happened, by the sound he wrote wave. these words. Even though the waves billow, it, all, it is well with my soul. And I want you to know that today. So let's sing along with hope. But it's going to be okay. Let's pause. Let's punch. Let's pursue. Because it is well. Let's spend some time responding.